everybody, welcome to Manascoping episode 18. It is uh, some point in October, a little bit later October. Anyway, after Innistrad, before the next set. I'm and Trevor Halloween. Halloween. Before Halloween. I'm Trevor Isham. I'm here with Wally Bullard. As always. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a while. Um, you know, we just kind of hit a little bit of a dry spell after M12. Uh, before Innistrad, we both basically decided we didn't have a whole lot to talk about, but now we do, mostly because we've been brewing like crazy, playing like crazy, and so far liking the new format. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've played a lot more standard in the last I didn't know previous. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, still oh, here. Sorry, I cut off for a second. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I guess we're going to kick it off tonight, uh, talking about, uh, I went to the PTQ uh, here in Illinois uh, last weekend, registered a pretty sweet deck, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, you kind of sit in groups of, like, basically four or six people when you open, and they were all like, oh man, like, this thing's awesome, this thing's awesome, like, the guy to my right, basically, um, you know, I really hope we get this, it's like, you know, and then it like so he passes it across to deck check, and then they go to the left. So it comes to the guy right to my right again. He gets it again, and then they pass one more time to the left, and I, so I get the kind of the best pool around me, which was kind of cool. But it had a bloodline keeper. Um, basically, the highlights were bloodline keeper and uh, a Liliana of the Veil, which which are pretty awesome. And then it had like a good amount of blue value, like a Forbidden Alchemy, a Think Twice. Um, the Stitch Drake, the Armored Scab, the Makeshift Mauler, so kind of like some synergy there, kind of getting some stuff in your graveyard and, you know, being able to cast kind of those big guys. Um, but ultimately a little a light, a little lighter removal, um, which ended up uh, hurting, you know, a couple games. Um, but, you know, definitely a really solid pool. Um, but unfortunately, at a PTQ where you have, you know, like 200, I think it was 250 people at this one, uh, it's just the quality of the pools goes way up. And, like, as, like, one of my matches ended, um, and I'll tell you more about it in a second, but, like, we looked at each other and I go, well, I guess six bears, six rares beats two rares every time, huh? <laughs> so, um... Round one and two were pretty easy. Uh, just kind of curved out um, in each game, in each match. At least one game, I just took off them getting mana screwed. Then I actually took another game off Spectral Flight, which just seems to be awesome. Um, and I got pretty greedy with it and just like slapped it on my two drop and on turn three and just kind of went for it, noticing that he looked not unhappy with like his draw and like his mana and everything so it ended up working out like I just straight up beat him down like <laughs> over the of course the next four turns um and then I met Samuel Black which I do not believe is Sam Black of Trail Fireball fame uh but he when we sat down and I said hey where are you from he's like from Madison I'm like what do you do he goes oh I game and I was like oh man I'm in for a rough match <laughs> Uh, so, we play a little bit, and he ends up comboing me out. Uh, his deck was insane. It had, uh, and the combo, by the way, was double Falcon Wrath Noble, 
So the 2-2 two, two flying vampire, when a creature dies, you lose a life, they gain a life. So it got to a point in the game where there was like 10 creatures on board, almost all mine, because I had a bloodline keeper spitting out vampires. Um, and he plays his one red source, which I had not seen yet, and then casts Blasphemous Act for one. Uh, drains me from 20 to 0, and he would have been dead the next turn. So that was a bit unfortunate. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so uh, that happened. And then in the next match, basically, uh, game one, uh, things were going well. I was kind of controlling the board, and I played Liliana, uh, where I could protect her, and made him sack a guy, and then he played Garrick. And I couldn't really get through, but he couldn't get through, and unfortunately, Garrick beats Liliana almost every time. Uh, and then, like, the third time I had him discard a card, he discarded Army of the Damned, and eventually, like, nine, ten turns later, uh, he ended up, you know, casting Army of the Damned, and, and that was about it, and so. Uh, and then game two, I never saw a third land, and he properly dropped Werewolf turn three, Werewolf turn four, and killed me on turn five. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to another point, and I don't know if you've seen this, Wally, but, you know, after that I kind of asked around a little bit and, and talked to some people, especially people who were playing werewolf decks, and I'm like, how many times does that happen? Like, basically, I think, and after talking to people, it happens a lot, that if you miss your third land drop in this format, like, it's really bad. Like, way more punishing than in any other format. Where, you know, missing your third land drop's bad, but it's not like, okay, you just lose. Whereas in this format, I feel like with the prevalence of werewolf decks, or just werewolves in general, and kind of how good they are, uh, Mana Screw is basically getting, like, doubly or triply punished. Yeah, because you're not, you're not able to cast your two spells if you have to to stop the killing, right? So yeah. you're just... You're already just way behind because their guys are going to flip, and you are not ever going to be able to cast two spells. Yeah, I mean, like most of the time, when you when you're playing like against a werewolf, they play it, and you're kind of like, eh, all right, like underpowered guy. You know, like I'm I'm okay with that. But then when you don't have a spell, like you know, and because of mana f screw, you know, now all of a sudden, like they have like a really awesome creature. You know, for, like I mean, a four six. You know, on turn four, when they, when, like, basically a four six, like, with haste on turn four, you know, that's, like, insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's just really good. And, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you continue to miss land drops, it's, like, kind of tough to come back from that. Um, so, anyway, especially if they're able to drop another creature, you know, before you get a removal spell or something, like, you know, you're just, you're just really in a, in a pickle, so. So that sucked, um, and then I basically played another match, and it was kind of funny because I just destroyed the guy, and he's like, wow, your deck's really good to be in the 2-2 bracket, and I'm like, yes, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little unfortunate, but I knew there was no point in top 8 at that, so I, you know, I hit the dealer tables and, and found some trades and just kind of picked up some stuff I needed, so that was, that was my PTQ experience, had a great time. Um, but ultimately, I uh, was a little disappointed because I thought my deck was a little bit better and I, I might be able to make a, a deeper run at top eight. So, yeah, that's bad beat, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, couple the mana screw was was the one that you know those are always bummers. Like I was talking to my buddy uh, Verdell on the ride home, and I was like, you know, like I just know magic. Like I understand statistics, and those things happen. But you know, it's always disappointing because you'd rather kind of play your way to a loss than than just have that happen. And then we had a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was say it's a lot easier to screw up than to have your back beat you. Yeah, yeah, and then, like it's, it's one of the worst feelings in the world to just like to just lose. Yeah, and we um we talked on the way home a little bit, and I think we've talked about this before, but maybe our listeners haven't. Is like he was kind of complaining, like, oh, this guy top decked this thing and and beat me with it, you know, like the turn before he was dead. You know, like I've always said, like that's like that's not a reason to complain, like because like. A top deck is just, like, that's what it is. It's just a draw. You know, so, like, you may have top decked the spell that won you the game on, like, turn two. But, you know, it just didn't happen or, like, didn't get played, you know, until, like, turn 12. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just, I I don't like it when people are like, oh, you top decked to beat me. I'm like, well, what did you top deck the last six turns? Like, (laughs) you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's all about, there's not, I mean, there's a small amount of luck as far as, like, getting mana screwed or drawing twice as many lands as you draw spells in your game. But it comes down to what's in your deck and probability and sometimes it's with you, sometimes Yeah, so basically what I'm saying is don't come complaining to me about top decks. You know, mana flooding and, and mana screw happens, and sure, if it gets you, like, four matches in a row, you know, I'll I'll hear you out. But, you know, you just got to understand that that's just the reality. And, you know, that's what it was, you know, for me. You know, and, and I should mention that my matches against Sam Black went to three games uh, because the second game, or the first game, I got completely uh, mana screwed. And the second game, I beat him. And then the third game is where he comboed off and killed me. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. And you just got to kind of take it and, and roll. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, losing sucks pretty bad, but, you know, when when you lose to their deck instead of your own, there's nothing you can complain about, right? Because their deck was better, they beat you. Yeah, and just, and just like, you know, a lot of people took the general attitude of, like, complaining about mana screw or, oh, my opponent got so lucky or, you know, whatever it is, like, lucky top decks. It's like, you know, like, that's not really helpful to you or to them or, like, the game in general. Like, just get better, like learn from, like, the mistakes you, you know, you could have made. Obviously, like, sometimes you're just constrained, you know, so maybe play more lands or play less lands, you know, or, like, you know, really think about, okay, so I just played five games in a row, and every game I got mana screwed. Well, okay, so you probably need to play more lands or shuffle better. <laughs> like, it's got to be one of those things because, like, the statistics are not in your favor that, you know, that you had the optimal build. And I, I think people don't... Exactly. Yeah, they don't take that into account as much, and, and, and if you want to get better, you know, take the bad beats and learn from them. Don't just, you know, tell awful stories. Yeah, I, however, am an incredibly sore loser, and will do nothing but complain <laughs> if you top deck to beat me and limit it. Um, <laughs> right. Um, so, what have you been playing? What have you been playing in Innistrad? What have you been liking? Drafting? Sealed? What, what's been going on with Innistrad for you? I've been playing a lot of uh, draft. 
Um, and the last, uh, probably six draft, I've played Stun Blue Black deck. Mm hmm. Uh, to the point of where I'm, I'm forcing it at this point because it's so much fun. Okay. Uh, I, I was drafting a blue white deck a couple of weeks ago until I opened a Liliana pack two. And then was past, um, Scourge deck, Colsus. Yep. And ended up, uh, being able to, like, make a bunch of dudes, sack it to gain five life. So I had kind of like infinite dudes, infinite life combo going, and it was, uh, unbeatable. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds pretty solid. And there, in, in blue-black, there's a lot of cool combos like that. Like, the other day I had two Ghoul Razors, a Stitcher's Apprentice, and the Disciple of Grizzlebrand, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, I could make infinite tutus by cycling my uh, Ghoul Razors. Yep, yep. Or I could gain infinite life by doing it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun... Like combo-y deck, and it lets you play mill if you want to, which most recently I forced mill. I was in a pot of six. Um, and in the entire pot, I got every mill card in the pot. It was one bloody tome, one ghoul colors bell, and two of the dream quest. Yeah. Out of 18 packs. You know, I just want to take a little bit of credit, because I said Curse of the Bloody Tome is like a realistic card, like a real card that people will be playing. And I think it's, I, I, I would stand by that and say I've seen people playing it and they've been successful. Oh, it's, Mill is a very viable strategy if the card's there. Yeah. I, I don't know that I will, like, I sat down at the table planning on playing Mill. Like, looking at the people that were at the table, a you know, just kind of making the assumption they would pass the cards, and they did. But at the, you know, as at the, after the draft, you know, it was kind of a casual draft. Um, I was like, hey, did anyone get any of these cards? And everyone was like, no. I'm like, how did I get every single mill card? Yeah. And only four of them. Yeah. So it was, it was unfortunate. The odds are not in your favor to have that happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for the first time in... I mean, probably since I got back into Magic, I, uh, like, OX'd a draft. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty miserable. It was funny, though, and I played, like, a couple, like, side games, because we were in two pods, and I just owned the side games I played. Just, you know, or, like, it was really funny. I, I was always one turn away from being dead. Yeah. And so it's, it's scary. But I did do play an evil went on a Halpack Alpha, like, so the mayor that had been flipped. Mm -hmm. So I got to make two twos every turn and kill their best creature. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but long story short is I lost that game to the Flyers. Yeah. Ugh. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um... Yeah, the Evil Twin seems to be, like, a big hit-or-miss card. Like, if, if your deck's, like, constructed the right way, I think that card's awesome. But, like, I watched, like, a LSV, um, you know, do a sealed tournament, and, like, he played that card, like, amazingly. It, and what's funny is he almost always copied a Fiend Hunter. And so then it becomes, like, a like a one, two, 
three. It's like a four like for a one. Is it almost like a four, though? You, you get Fiend Hunter, you take their guy, and then you shoot... I guess you kill their guy and yeah, keep your back. And keep yours back. So yeah, it's like a four for one. <laughs> yeah. And then if they play any other Fiend Hunters, they have to hit your evil player open. Yeah, exactly. So it just seemed really good. Like He had like a nice controlling kind of build, so like I think that's kind of the key to it, too, is that you're kind of stabilized and you're able to play that. You know, and then pull ahead with it. So, um, yeah, I, just, I think their card kind of was underrated at first, and then, you know, has earned its stripes. Um, I had the copy, and I, I'm going to say this and feel really terrible about it. I was forced to copy uh, the crab. I don't remember its name. Fortress crab. One six. Fortress crab, because I did not have enough power to get through in my deck. <laughs> so, like, I would have had to draw almost all of my creatures yeah. to beat this thing. So I played my Evil Twin as Fortress Crab and able to block and kill their Fortress Crab to get through. No, I love that thing. I played it at the, you know, at the event, and like, the problem was is like also every opponent I played was a Flyers opponent. Like, it seemed to be the theme is you were either werewolves or flyers. Um, so, like, the one time I got it in against a werewolf deck, like, it was awesome. Like, it held down the house, like, almost all game until he moon misted. You know, and then it took six, you know, and then it ate, you know, six damage, so. And then I just dropped two spells and flipped all his guys back, but. So, it, it, yeah, that card, I like that card a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so any other cards that, you know, maybe, you know, we talked about Mill being a strategy, and I totally agree. The only, the only game loss that I've had in draft so far was, was to Mill, and then, and then I just boarded into a 60-card deck and, and killed him, but, you know, it was pretty dangerous when it worked. I don't think he lost another match. <laughs> no, I don't think he did either. Um, any other cards that, you know, maybe initially we, we kind of missed on our review that we want to let people know about or that are better than we thought? Um, I mean, I don't think that it was best, uh, but just the card really good in the right deck is Delver of Secrets. Oh, Delver of Secrets. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in Legacy, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of spells to draw in Legacy, right? Yeah, well, that's what they all played. I guess there's a deck called Canadian Threshold. I, I'm not very familiar with the format, but it was a four of and like the featured card uh, in in Legacy. So yeah, it seems good. Um, yeah, foil ones are like eight dollars. Yeah, I was um, the the night I drafted Liliana. I was drafting blue white, and you know, going from the back of the pack to the front of the pack, like I tend to do. Uh, I, I see Delver Secrets, and I'm like, yes, you know, ready to windmill slam, because it's just so good in a blue-white spell deck. And I was like, I'd better check the rare. <laughs> good to see. <laughs> yeah, and, and luckily for me, I mean, I think if I was in a top eight of a, of a big tournament, I would take the Delver Secret. <laughs> really? Wow. Uh, it's, I don't, it's, it's just so good. And the fact that it basically just trades Liliana. Yeah. 
See, it's fine. My problem with Delver, and so I, so I had it in my in my sealed pool, is I only ended up with like three instants or sorceries. So my chance of flipping it ever was like super small. So that's kind of like I feel like in draft it, it's a lot better because if you you can get like three of them, you know, and then kind of build around it. Um, or in constructed, like it may even be playable. Obviously in legacy, maybe, you know, maybe some other formats as well. So that was my only problem with it. No, oh, yeah, I don't. I've I've opened it and sealed a few times, and, and I've tried to play it, and it doesn't always work. But yeah. I mean, I've I've played blue black deck where I get like three. Uh, think twice. It's a couple of good now for me. Yeah. Well, like, and it's just real. Yeah, I mean, people are all excited about, like, Reckless Wave. You know, this is just better. Like, it, it's, you know... Oh, it is way better than yeah, Reckless Wave. Yeah, it is flying. <laughs> and it never flips back. So... Yeah. Um, you know, a card that I've been pretty impressed with, and that actually uh, my playtest group down here in Illinois all took the states, and three of them made top eight, with four of them in their standard decks, is Doom Traveler. Um, that card's just really good. Like, maybe more in Constructed than Sealed, even. But it's just awesome. Like, some one of the guys wrote a big article about it, and he said it's pretty much Squadron Hawks. And I kind of thought about it, and I'm like, he's pretty right. Like, it's really similar to Squadron Hawks, you know, in, like, 1-1 one, one that holds the fort down, and then all of a sudden he becomes an evasive 1-1 one, one that holds the sword. So, what are your, do you, yeah. have you seen a lot of him? Like, what do you think? I mean, I've seen him in, uh, like, the Township Tokens deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be strong up in the flagpole for this, but I hate that deck. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan I either. Be, I'm, just not a, yeah, I'm not a fan of token strategies. Uh, yeah, they played I've just, I've played against it a ton and just have never, ever lost. Yeah, they played it in a blue-white deck that was basically just, like, every good, like, white creature, like Doom Traveler, um, Grand Abolisher, uh, Geist, Mirren Crusader, Hero Bladehold, and then they played, like, four Angelic Destiny and three Sword. And so the whole idea was basically just, like, you know, obviously equip something and go to town. And, you know, I mean, they went, they said in testing before, at one point, the deck went 53-0. and 0. And so that's why they decided to switch. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it It seems better in a build like that. I just, um, I've, I've, I think I've only ever encountered it in Township Token. Yeah. And um, with, with the standard deck I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, it's, it's literally not ever been an issue. I have no problem just killing it and then killing token. Uh, yeah. They played it initially because, you know, like, they kept getting blown out by Day of Judgment. And so this card was, like, amazing because, like, basically after a day, you know, they could suit it up with a sword, you know, and just go to town, like, basically for free. And so that was, like, the primary reason, but... No, I mean I like I like the idea of that list a lot better than um, than the tokens deck. I think that's a, 
because you're getting you're getting more value out of it that way. Yeah. Um, one card that I think totally missed was Menor of the Meek, uh, and I thought it was gonna miss because I think it's too mana intensive. Um, and so far, I think that's pretty much proven out to be true. That it just costs too much mana. It's like a cumulative mana to draw cards, and it's it just so far it does not have a home. Agree or disagree? Uh, I'm gonna agree. Um, and again, in the the white weenie style deck where I've, I've played against this card, um, he had honor of the pier, and would go to cast the two two and draw kind of like nope, he's a three three, you can't draw a card. Um, and so not only is it only good when your creatures are bad, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it gets worse as your creatures get better and. You don't you don't necessarily need more cards at the beginning of the game. Because yeah. in theory you have a lot of cards because you're only playing one military. Yeah. But at the end of the game where it matters, you're not playing a sun type, I'm just gonna kill you. Yeah, exactly. So Um the other next card that like and I've heard a lot of people talk about this card and I think I kinda of brushed it off, like we covered it a little bit but we definitely not rated as high as it should be, is Grasp of Phantoms, which is a three colorless and a blue, and it puts target creature on top of its owner's library, and then you can flash it back for seven colorless and a blue. Yeah, it feels like time walk. Yeah, like, in a lot of times, like, if you're anywhere ahead, like, that card just seems amazing. Like, having played a lot of Silent Departure, um, yeah, this card just seems really awesome and like you know I've just seen people combo like Silent Departure and this and you know just like an invisible stalker you know just like basically go to town on somebody <laughs> and then like yeah. maybe they drop like a 2-3 and then they like bounce another guy and they still go to town like it, it just seems awesome yeah I've, I've been more impressed by that card after watching uh, some LSD steel events yeah oh yeah he played it there too and yeah that was Definitely highlighting that. Um, in constructed Snapcaster Mage has earned its stripes. Like, that card is insane. Yeah, it's, I'm really glad I have seven. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Um, the card right next to it, Scab Ruinator, on the other hand, I'd like to give myself and you another pat on the back for saying it's not Vengevine. It will never be Vengevine. Um, and the people were way too excited about it. And, and I, I was one of those moderately excited people um, because I was playing Bantpod, and it seemed really good. Oh, yeah, and I... However, I, it just wasn't that good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's still in my Bantpod list. Like, it, it, it does a lot of work. Um, but, yeah, no, it's... It's it's not fantastic. Oh, speaking of, by the way, I was playing Foster last night. Just a total side note, but it's going on the cast anyway. And he showed me a werewolf list that he had built, you know, because we would talked about that a good amount. Um, you know, and we were always kind of like, eh, probably not going to work. But, you know, I looked at the list, and, like, looked at it again, like, made a couple adjustments, sent it back to him, and then we played again, and he smashed me, like, pretty easily. Then I boot up my computer today, go to Wizards of the Coast, and see that Jacob Van Lunen 
pretty much made like almost the exact same list that Foster and I had made the night before. Ah. Yeah, like his werewolves list, because basically that enchantment that gives your werewolves trample and plus one plus zero is like amazing. Like oh, the full moon drive. Yeah, that actually the regeneration on that is actually just insane. So, yeah, we, we played a few games, and, like, they ended up being, like, you know, there was, like, my list is pretty good, so, you know, the games ended up being even, you know, but the deck is actually really good. So, kudos to Foster for kind of, you know, maybe seeing the power, although I think it was more, he just thought the tribe was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, knowing knowing Foster and, and the stuff that goes along with Foster. Um, yes. I mean, the fact that, that he happened upon a green aggro deck is not at all shocking. <laughs> sure. Um, we already talked a little bit about Spectral Flight. Uh, card is pretty good and limited. It's even showing up in, uh, in Standard, so, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, especially, basically it's showing up on, uh, just to elaborate a little further, it's showing up on, um, the Geist of St. Traft, that people have figured out that uh, making a 4-4 hexproof guy to go along with your 4-4 angel swinging in uh, generally gets the job done. Um, so yeah, so that's being played. Okay, so here's the card I want to talk a lot about because I talked a lot about it beforehand and I totally changed my opinion because I did not take enough account into like this current standard metagame. And that is Think Twice. So, do you remember when we played, like, that, the, like, draft sealed tournament? Do you remember my deck? Yes. Right? And so, like, you know, do you recall the conversation we had, like, after I played it, like, six times and went undefeated against everybody? Yeah, it was, that was not even fair at that platform. <laughs> so, basically, I, I, like... We did, like, the fantasy football-style draft we've been telling you guys about. It was actually super fun. Like, super fun draft. Uh, I, I would do it again anytime. Like, it was just... It was a good time. But I ended up with a pretty ridiculous blue-black list. Um, uh, that uh, was... It was really good. And basically, it's because of Think Twice. And Wally and I looked at each other after, like... I'd played the deck, like, four times. And he was, like, over my shoulder one of the games. And... Like, he was like, man, Think Twice might be standard ready. And I was like, yeah, I totally think it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed it completely uh, leading up to to that day. Like, I, I knew it was a, a decent draw spell. But, I mean, it's it was good. Yeah, well, it, as the draft was going along, like, I, I started out, like, mono black, like, just getting removal spells, basically. And I noticed that nobody had taken Think Twice, and I was like, well, it's pretty much one of, like, the only two draw spells in the format, so I scooped, you know, some up with my next draft pick, um, and then, and then, and I didn't really like it at the time, like, I was like, ah, oh, it's just, like, a worse divination, and then I started playing it, and I was like, actually, this card's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it's an instant is why it's better than divination. Yeah, I um, mean... The, the thing is, like, the current standard, like, there's, like, there's basically two types of decks now. There's decks that tap out and decks that don't tap out. 
And in all honesty, I'm much more happy to be on the not tabbing outside. <laughs> because, I would agree. Yeah, and because like at this current moment we have enough counter spells and we have enough instant speed draw, and and the instant speed draws are really good. Like Forbidden Alchemy digs really deep. Like I still wish I had preordain, obviously, but but Forbidden Alchemy still digs pretty deep. That you know, like the ability to decide what is relevant in the match is always on the person who's not tapping out and playing at instant speed. So, a card like Think Twice just becomes, you know, like, amazing. Because, you know, turn two, you know, you can, oh, well, that's not important enough to mana leak. I'll Think Twice, get another card. Turn three, guess what? I still have seven cards in my hand. Uh, okay, I'll mana leak that, you know, blah, 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 and the game goes on. You're like, in the blue-black control list that I've been playing lately, like, I almost rarely ever go below six cards. Like, ever. And, and win fairly easily most matches. <laughs> so, have you played any of those lists yet, Wally? That, or, like, just pretty much never tap out or played against them at all? Uh, I've, I've played against some. Um, I've really been, been hard on the one deck right now. Okay. But, you know, even even in uh, the deck I've been testing, you, you don't tap out very often just because, like, that caster's really good. Yeah, well, let's, um, let's do this. Do we have any more limited cards we want to talk about? Otherwise, let's transition to talking about standard. Um, I will say, what, let me find it. It's a card I was really excited about, and then now I don't like it. Okay. Morkra Banshee. Ah, that's so funny. I always said the same thing. I just said Morkra Banshee. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah. And that's all I got. Yeah, like, so... Like, I apologize to everybody <laughs> the for talking about this card. Yeah. I really thought it was something. But in all fairness, I thought I had flying. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I knew it didn't have flying, even though the picture looks a little deceptive. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I played, like, two of them at the pre-release, or whatever the tournament was, like, the release, I guess. Um, and it was just always super frustrating, because it just sat in my hand, and I just could not really get into a situation where playing it was viable. Because, like, when you're behind, like, your guys are dying on your turn, so or on their turn. So that doesn't help, and you can't really tack into them because they usually see it coming and you're behind, so they'll just take the two or three damage. Um, the only time this card has been amazing for me is when I have the, whatever it's called, what is it, the Stitcher's Apprentice? Stitcher's Apprentice. Yeah, like when I'm able to just trigger Morbid whenever I want, like then this card's been awesome. But otherwise, it just costs way too much and never works. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I I really thought this was going to be a, a pretty awesome, easy-to-play removal spell. Yeah. With a good creature back to it, and it just, you know... But in the... It's a 4-4 four, four flyer, 5 bane of things. In limited, it's still pretty good as a creature. It's not a flyer, though. Yeah. Oh, the, dang it. Okay, <laughs> this card sucks. 
Oh, still pranking you. <laughs> this card has okay, a number. Okay, but seriously, design team, can we errata this card to give it flying? Thank you. Yeah, I think it needs to be. Um, let's see, so, uh, a lot of people talk about Victim of Night, whether you play it or not. I think you play it every time. Although, the best part about playing my blue-black deck is I had exactly one target for my Victim of Night, and it was my crab. <laughs> <laughs> so it was hilarious because I would play the crab and I knew that they had like at least one like one game I was like yes I know for a fact he has two victim knights in his hands and like three or four turns went by and finally he's like well I guess I'll do this to your crab and I was like alright and then like after the match was over I'm like yeah that was my only target so <laughs> could have fight, fired that off at any time like <laughs> yeah instigator gang is insane yeah that card is yeah, that and it's stupid good. That and Charmbreaker Charm Devils. Oh yeah, Charmbreaker Devils is like we sent a little like informal poll out before the PTQ of like what would be like you know the like what are the best cards you could possibly open, and of course like people said like whoa you can get twelve rares so you know actually you can get more than that but. You know, so, but, like, Charmbreaker Devils is, like, probably second or third on, like, every single person's list. Yeah, it, it's a good card. Um, Devils play, obviously, insane. Like, as as someone, like, I went to the tournament with a couple people, and they said, well, I, there were two different types of games today that I played. Games where I drew Devils play and won, and games where I didn't draw Devils play and lost. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that card in draft because you also feel bad about first picking Fireball. Yeah. Because yeah. it is a rare, and not only can you rare draft, you can make Fireball. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Let's just, I'm just going quick. I mean, we talked about Instigator Gang. That, that card's amazing. Um, a Stromberg Noble on turn one has been pretty insane. Oh, oh I know. That is the card I really like uh, in green is Dark Thicket Wolf. It's, oh, he's so good. Yeah, it's a 2-2 two, two for 2, except if you pay 3, you can get plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. Which doesn't sound like much, but it just starts putting in damage super early. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a 4-4 it's a four, four on turn 3. Yeah, and then, like, if they block it, you pump it. If they don't, like, you just let the 2 damage in and then play your next card. Yep. So the card I'm totally not sold on, by the way, and I think whoever it is, Kibler, or it's whoever, Daybreak Ranger, that card is just garbage. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why everyone seems to think that card's awesome. I don't, I mean, you have to play it in, like, a green-red pack minimum, right? Yeah. And um, it, uh, I mean, you're already losing right there, aren't you? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess if you're playing the the rug deck, then at least you have access to the move. But then you're already I mean, I don't know. It just seems really bad. You're just playing a bad like two two. And like But yeah, two two for three? Yeah. And like the two damage is like the only thing I can see. And, like, maybe you can think of something else that I think is relevant to kill in this format right now is freaking Birds of Paradise. 
And by then, I've already won because I've already, like, ramped out my Birthing Pod or, like, my Mirren Crusader or my Angelic Destiny. So I don't care yep. anymore. <laughs> I. It just seems like if you're trying to kill Birds of Paradise, you should just play Contagion. Yeah, or Geist Flame, even. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Geist Flame seems way better than this guy. I, yeah, I have a couple of Daybreak Rangers. If you people want them, come get them. They're a lot of money. Yeah, same here. Hope you don't listen to the cast. Garrick Relentless is insane in draft or limited. Like, super good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was never just... I played with him in a draft, and, and it was just awesome. Uh, I didn't even get to use his sacrifice and find a creature, although, like, you know, because I was already so far ahead. But I, I, I still think that's, like, really good. Um, still waiting for a standard deck to put him in, but, I, you know, it's got to come at some point. I mean, could he be, like, a one or a two of in Birthing Pod? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Kind of his backup plan against uh, Artifact Hate? Yeah, that's an interesting thought, actually. I didn't think about that before. So, like, I would have no problem fighting my own Birds of Paradise. To flip my guy to sack something crappy to get something awesome. Oh, that wouldn't that wouldn't work. It's uh, to its power. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, yeah so you have, have to, to fight yeah. like their land or elf or something. But anyway, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I, I hope there's a deck for him because he it's he's really fun to play with. At the, very least. the ones I have Um, Kessig Cage Breakers is insane and limited. Like. Honestly, probably the scariest creature like that I do not ever want to see on the other side of the table. Yeah. Like, he's, I, he's pretty I don't think I can think of a scarier creature. Like, I mean, I guess uh, the Instigator Gang is a little scarier, but not even, because like, if I can keep it from flipping, I'm fine. Yeah. Anyway. How is there not, like, a silver bullet equipment card to kill werewolves. Yeah, I think there will be. They hinted at that. They're like, we're going to see some, like, you know, a couple more things like that. Um, Hollowpack Alpha and Mayor of Auerbrock, pretty good, but no use yet, right? Like, a couple deaths. Yeah, nothing, but... nothing spectacular. He'll be, I think he'll be really good in block. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Geist is really insane. Um, people really like Olivia. Um, it, it's seen in Commander already, and I think people are, you know, thinking they're going to build around her because she's really good. I mean, we haven't seen a limited bomb like her in a long time. Yeah. I mean, a 3-3 a three, three flyer for 4 that pings and then grows itself, like, that's just awesome. <laughs> and then yeah. for fun, like, it has... Mind control too, because why not? I mean, it it kills Ink Moth Nexus. Yeah, yeah, it does a lot of stuff really well. Um, a card that like someone passed me and then like regretted it when they played me later in the draft was Manor Gargoyle. That card's really good if people haven't caught on to that. It it holds the fort down and then when you stabilize it, it bashes. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So the rest of the cards are all, like, standard talk. So let's just get into standard talk, because, like, obviously the lands and stuff. Oh, wait, before, 
One more thing. Like, have you seen this picture of the mountain in Innistrad that's just like a rock? Scrolling. Yeah. If you get down to the basic lands and you go to yep. the mountain, it's just a rock. But it, it's taller than the trees. Okay. And then the other one is, like, this island that's just a river. I don't know. Like, I think creative needs to, you know, start, I don't know, thinking a little bit more about these basic lands and put a little bit more restrictions on them. The swamps, I will say, I feel like I'm opening one of the rarest cards in the set when I get a foil basin. <laughs> it's true. You are. You are. I only have one so far, so... It was an island, though, so that counts for, like, three. Oh, yeah, that's, like, 17. Like, yeah. The rest are all fine, but there's a couple in there that are, like, seriously? Although the pirate ship island, that's really cool. I, I would I would actually play that, now that I'm having to play basic lands again. Yeah, we need a full art of that. So, okay, so let's hop into standard. Let's stop boring people with this limited talk. Uh, what are you playing? Why? Go for it. Um, I am playing the Esper deck, featured on Manasculpting.com. Um, I am playing it because it very well might be the best deck. Um, I've lost one match with it, and I don't know, I've been playing it for a month and a half or so. Like, ever, I don't remember when. We started talking about how good Iker Wilson was. Yeah, so, um, and to hop in, I designed most of the deck <laughs> uh, that Wally's talking about. Um, but the idea was always, it started out as an idea to play Dispatch, right? Yeah, because I've, I mean, I don't know, if you've, if you've listened to the podcast since we started, You'll know day one, I was freaking out about Dispatch. Yeah. So Best removal spell ever, and now I get to play it. Yeah, so Wally planted that seed. Um, and then I saw it played when Wally was playing his mono-white artifacts list for a while. He, he had Dispatch. And then I saw it played a couple of times in, like, um, Tempered Steel and uh, uh, whatever that Pure Steel Paladin deck is. And I'm like, oh, that card is just insane. Like... It has no no target limitations. It exiles instead it goes to the graveyard, which is, like, really relevant now. So the first build of this deck was um, a, a, what I would call, like, a more Esper list. You know what I mean? Like, our first, like, mana base and everything. Yeah, heavier black, for sure. Yeah, it was, like, it was heavier black, so it was almost, like, blue-black with a white splash. And then I realized that that's not really the right build because our only, and if you're not there, you should go to mashgolding.com and click on the decks and go to the Esper deck um, because that's the list we're working off of right now when we're talking. I realized that like the only black card that was relevant was Tezzerid. Like, nothing else mattered if you had Dispatch. So it basically became a blue-white deck that splashed black for Tezzerid. And then it's important to note you also have four Spear of the Suns and two, what, two Mox Opals? Yeah, two Mox Opals. Yeah. So I'll let you keep yeah, talking. You, you've played, like, 
I can talk about the design features of it, but you've played it a lot more, so let's, you know, let's hear from you, I guess. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. You, and, you know, I, I've let, uh, like, Jason, the guy that owns played Geneva Games, play this deck, because they were running, like, a midnight standard, and he didn't have a deck, and I left it with him. Um, with no instruction. You know, just like, yeah, you just play Artifacts and Tezzeret and Venture Blank and beat them with it. Like, I think that's all I told him. And he was like, well, you know, does the mana base work? And I'm like, it seems to. Um, if it's the, it's the weirdest thing, and maybe it's just luck, but I'm not very lucky. The mana in this deck just works. Yeah. Um, can't explain it. it. When you look at the mana base, it seems like it shouldn't work. But it does. Yeah. Every right. single time. I mean, when, like, 50% of your spells, you know, only cost colorless mana, um, I guess it's not 50%. Well, it's pretty close, actually, now that I look at it. But anyway. Yeah, well, the only spell that costs double of the color in the entire deck is Day of Judgment. Yeah. But, I mean, the biggest stuff is, like, you have four Seer of the Suns and two Mox Opals. So, like, you have six... Like, basically, like, Birds of Paradise that can't be killed, or, like, at least not in game one. Um, which, which is, like, always awesome. Like, you, I mean, you're always using them, which is fine, because you also have Contagion class, but you need to refill them, but eventually they're just being turned into 5-5, five five. so, like, that's the biggest thing, is I've always had no fear of using them, because I, like, I'm just like, yeah, that's what this deck does. <laughs> and then, yeah, and... I don't know, it's, like, you have Venter to blink and recharge your... Yeah. ...the Suns. But I was playing a game uh, on Sunday, and I... It had gotten to the point, like, you just don't always draw a bunch of creatures, but that's okay, because they don't get to play any spells, because you have four Dispatch, three Mana League, two Day of Judgments, three Snapcasters. So they're, they don't really get to do anything. Um, and so, like, I hit the guy with Ink Moth Nexus twice. He has Physic Slime by Nexus. And then he just died to Contagion class because I just proliferated him. And so, like, at the end of the game, I had a 20-sider on one of my Sphere of the Suns because I, you know, the 8-sider wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, you just, you don't run out, and if you do, turn it into 5-5 five, five and feed him with it. Um, in this deck, Icar Wellspring uh, with Tezzeret is, feels like a better solid simulacrum. Yeah. Because I'd rather, I'd, most of the time I'd just rather draw two cards than search for land and draw one. So you turn it into a 5-5, five, five, and then if they kill it, you just draw a card. Um, I've had people, uh, you know, try and kill, they're like exile creatures, um, and then you get to Corexius for your one coil engine so you get value and get, like, so you gain a life, get your dudes, and they waste them. Yeah. Um, but that's some, that's some pretty insane things. Yeah, the the wellsprings are pretty cool. Um, the best way to think about them is almost like spreading seas or wall of omens. I guess maybe wall of omens is like the best comparison because you know if you lay down like a turn two wellspring and then you tether it, it you know on like turn four, it, you know, or actually you could do it on turn three. Um, I've done it on turn three a lot. Yeah, with if you're able to get a mox opal. 
Um, but yeah, like it, it's it's actually just really good because then if they kill it, you you still get like another card. So you've actually already like three for one them, <laughs> um, which is pretty insane because the deck doesn't actually have a lot of other um, card draw spells. Like it just crams in like a lot of interaction spells and ramp. So the mana is like there's only twenty four lands in the deck. But you're playing a ton of spells, and all of your spells are card advantage. And that's kind of, like, the key. And the other thing is, like, <laughs> if you've never cast Dispatch, and then Snapcastered, and then cast Dispatch again out of your graveyard, like, you haven't lived. <laughs> oh my god, one of the best things ever is they're, like, a mile and a half ahead on board, and you just play Snapcaster, and then they have done it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I don't care how far ahead you are, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the deck, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm happy you're playing a lot. Unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to play a lot of standard. And most of the people quit when I play this deck because they beat them too badly with it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, it's, I, like, I, I lost Mono Black Insect, Smitty from 60card.com, Jesse's list. Yeah. Um. I lost to that on Sunday. Okay. Um, and that that's the first match I've lost. But the whole time, you know, most of the time you just, you never feel out of it. Like, I've been at three light, facing down three frostbite, and been like, yeah, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're dead in that situation. But it's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like, I wrote about uh, Phantasm and it's, yesterday for the website and talked about, you know, this interaction where he played a Frost Titan and the next turn he played Cackling Counterpart uh, Phantasmal Image. Mm-hmm. And then I played a Phyrexian Metamorph having to pay the two life to target and kill his image, let the spell fizzle, um, and just kind of went from there. Wait, I thought Metamorph doesn't target. No, but the uh, the Frost Titan ability does target. Oh. So oh, I right. put it in play as a Frost right. Titan and then targeted the Phantasmal image right. and then killed it and was able to say, okay, I'm just not paying the two mana. I don't yep. care, count it as well. Count yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and that's cool. And then I had the mana up to pay for the Tumble Magnet activation I needed to not hide. And then I either drew a Snapcaster Mage or a Day of Judgment, and then just won. Yeah. But like, you just, you just never, you don't feel out of a game until you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Like I've never scooped. I've never scooped. I've, it's always just been like, okay, you know, I've played against people that are at, you know, sixty life, and I'm at twenty or ten or something, and it's just like, okay, I'm just gonna infect you to death. Yeah. Um, about. Forty percent of the games are won with infect, um, and about five of them are one. Five percent is one with like a Venser emblem or infinite spine fish saws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Venser is great in the list because by the time you play him, like your board's really advanced and you have a lot of ways to protect him and like a lot of the resources are depleted. You know, whereas you're just like drawing cards and. 
you know, getting ahead, and so. Um, I did, I will say, I got, I had a Phyrexian, or no, I played a Icker Wellspring and turned it into a 5-5 five, five with Tezzeret. They killed my Tezzeret, and so I, I had a couple cards in hand, but, like, needed to draw. Oh, no, they O-ringed my Tezzeret, and so I played Phantasmal Image, copying the 5-5 five, five Icker Wellspring to draw a card. Oh, nice. Which was pretty awesome, and then they played Day of Judgment, and my guy just kind of hung out. And so, like, eventually I just killed him, you know? Yeah. Which is fine, because I still get the draw card. But I got to play my Phantasmal Image to enable Metal Graph. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) And then everyone that walked up to the game was like, what's that Phantasmal Image copying? And I'm like, everyone (laughs) <laughs> and so like I, I mean no more than four or five times in the span of that one game that I explained how that interact to work and yeah. why I was yeah that's awesome and why I had a day of judgment yeah so that deck's on the website you can check it out there and, and obviously we like it a lot um, I actually had to update the sideboard I think from the list that's up there, but that's fine. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm playing the Phantasmal Image and the Spell Sky because I didn't have some of the cards you put on the list. Yeah, no, no, no. I just I think the the looks fine. Uh, I just make a couple adjustments for the meta game. Like I think the metal missteps will actually come out um, and be flash freezes again because of the Kessig deck. So. Yeah, I, th- I think I would agree. Although it is pretty awesome to mental misstep their strong Kirk Noble on the play or on the draw. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I guess I'm just totally not but, afraid of aggro anymore. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I have timely reinforcement and celestial purge. <laughs> yeah, it is a good feeling to be on the play and just go like turn one, one nexus, turn two, one nexus, turn three, land, turn land, just kill it. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened like, many. They can ever be. Yeah. Um, so, the so I built that deck, uh, which is awesome. And then I went through a long period of like building tons of decks that like didn't really work and like weren't that exciting. And I tried Solar Flare out, and the mana sucked. And I just I thought it was way too sketchy. Um, just did not enjoy it, but yet I enjoyed a package of cards that were within it a lot. So basically, I started building decks where I started every single deck list with four Think Twice, three Forbidden Alchemy, four Mana League, three Dissipate. <laughs> so from there, I basically built Blue Black Control that finishes with Nefalia Drownyard. Now, this deck literally never taps out. Like, on your turn, it doesn't tap out until your opponent's end step or to counter a spell. Um, it, it ended up being 3 Dissipate, 4 Mana League, 2 Negate, a Psychic Barrier, um, 4 Think Twice, 3 Forbidden Alchemy, Jace Memory Adept, 3 Nefalia Drownyard, uh, like, a Sphinx, a Phantasmal Image, blah, 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 blah. Like... Just kind of all the rest of the good stuff. And one army of the damned, one worm coil engine, or maybe two worm coil engines, but whatever. 
Uh, and that's that's a deck I've been liking a lot. Because as I kind of said before, like I'd rather be the player playing at instant speed than the player not. And so far I've been pretty happy with the deck. I'm still trying to figure out the removal package though. So for anyone that has any suggestions, like right now I'm just playing four Doom Blades, but like every once in a while that really comes back to bite me in the butt. Like four Doom Blades and two Black Suns, you know. But every once in a while, like that just kind of hurts. So I'm messing around with Tribute to Hunger, messing around with Guest Verdict. Um, obviously go for the throat, so just kind of playing around with that kind of stuff right now. Yeah, it's, I don't know, go for the throat just seems so bad right now because Worm Engine is so good. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought, um, too. And then the other thing is, like, yeah, I mean, the, the cards that, like, Doomblade doesn't kill is basically Grave Titan, Crusader, and Obliterator. Um, and then, yeah, so, like, you know, then I basically sideboard in, like, Death's Verd, two Guest Verdicts, like, and one Tribute to Hunger, you know, for my Doomblades when I'm in those type of matchups. But they don't even help, like, I guess Grave Titan's, like, the biggest problem, is because, you know, if they, like, you know, if I play Guest Verdict, they just kind of laugh, and, you know. <laughs> but at that point, like, the other thing is I'm playing 28 lands, so, like, I'm just never missing a land drop. So, like, a lot of times they've played Grave Titan, I've just been, like, fine. Like, you know, Black Suns for six. Go. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. like, okay, fine. Like, at one point, I remember, like, I just started double Drown Yarding them. And, like, by the time they played Grave Titan, like, got it through one of my counter spells, I just didn't care. Because my clock milling them was faster than their, <laughs> like, Grave Titan kill clock, which... You know, very rarely ever happens. <laughs> so you know, that's that's I've seen a, a couple blue blacklists I've liked, um, but I don't know. Like it's it's hard for me when I'm like really hung up on a deck. Yeah. To take any other deck list seriously. <laughs> and so a, a big big props to to Jesse at sixtycards.com for ha like essentially forcing me to sleeve up. Mono Black Infect, which now he appears to be off of completely, which is killing. Yeah. So that means he found the deck that that beats it every time. <laughs> it's yeah. just all that. So it's it's pretty brutal. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, there's a uh, the blue blacklist. I'm playing. I'll put it up on the website. But it currently wins like ninety percent of the games through a mill, um, which is always pretty fun. And then there's always that moment. Like, where I'm playing, and they're, like, they count their cards, and they're just like, crap, I'm gonna lose. Even though I've known that, like, two turns before that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is always nice when you know you won the game before your opponent has. Yeah, like... They Which just... is rare, because normally they're like, I can't beat that, but I'm gonna see what happens. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, I know you can't beat this. Yeah, exactly. And that's how you feel, like, you know, I recommend trying out Drown Yard, because that's how that card feels, like, you know, you're just kind of sitting back, and then you can just be like, okay, well, that's not relevant, so I'm not going to counter it, you know, and I'll, and I'll mill you for three, you know, and then eventually you get to the point where you're like, you know, you've used a couple counter spells, you have like a couple snapcasters in your hand, and you're like, okay, well, that's relevant, so I'll counter that, and then I'll mill you for three, and then they like, 
you know, like zero cards left in their hand because they have not been drawing the way you have with Think Twice and Alchemy. And then you just start milling them for six, and you know, the game just gets out of hand really fast. So, and then every time you drop Jace, they just, like I've had most people just concede on the spot, so. <laughs> like, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like on a 60-card deck and, you know, you basically 50-card deck, you know, because games go to turn three, obviously, you know, like, you know, Jace is, you know, so that's one-fifth of your life, so Jace is basically like shoot you in the face for four <laughs> at that point. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty pretty decent, <laughs> especially if you drop it on, on onto an empty board. It's basically shoot you in the face for eight, and then if I'm able to, you know, protect it in any way, you know, it shoot you in the face for twelve. So it it's just really yeah, good. and all the while it's getting increasingly better because they're drawing card, which increases the percentage that you're milling. Yeah, exactly. And then it also they're having to, they're probably drawing extra cards to try and kill it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the thing. Like that's the hilarious thing is like I was playing one guy and he's like, yeah, I have like forbidden alchemy in my hand, but I think if I use it, I'm dead anyway. Like, <laughs> you know, you have two drown yards, you have you know eight mana, you have a jace, and I'm like, yeah, the game is over. Like there is no way you win this game. Like, <laughs> like Karn is your only. from Yu-Gi-Oh point like you're out is exodia yeah <laughs> like all five cards in the game like it just doesn't happen in magic no and, <laughs> and especially not when i have like three counter spells in my hand two in my graveyard and like you know two more snapcasters in my deck like <laughs> yeah. snapcaster mage has enabled that instant speed strategy and like basically sitting back on counter spells like it's almost like yeah. a joke but like some people in modern right now are currently playing 27 lands, 33 counterspell deck. Or 32 counterspells, and they have some kind of finisher. I can't remember what it is. It might be Snapcaster. I mean, could it just be, like, four Snapcasters and, like, beat you with a yeah, 2 Yeah, I actually think that's what it is. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, 30 counterspells and four Snapcasters. <laughs> Seems good. I'd play it. Yeah, but it's, like, you know, I mean, that's what this deck feels like, and, yeah, I think it's just better. But anyway, so the meta game though is is basically like you know, and maybe you can speak the local game, meta game uh, for those playing around like Geneva Games. But at like the high level tournament scenes, obviously Kessig Wolf Run. Like, what's hilarious is like it is Valakit. I mean, <laughs> like if you look at the Valakit list from last year and you look at the Kessig Wolf Run list, they are like almost identical. Like. <laughs> Like, sterilely identical, except the Keswick Wolf Run lists are actually way better mana. Oh, and it's um, way faster. Yeah, it's faster and with better mana, so... Yeah, because it lets you play more green sources. Yes, exactly. Where, you know, Valakit was like a red deck that had all green cards, or a green deck that had all red mana. And this deck is like an actual green deck with green mana. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's why I want to play Ghost Quarter. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have two in my sideboard, that blue blacklist I just talked to, which is kind of funny because it can go up to 30 lands if you need to. <laughs> yeah. So, which doesn't really ever happen, but uh, at the same time, just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked 
uh, to kind of bounce back. I really like Dispatch against Keswick Bullfront. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, like that, you know, and I, I've been talking a lot of trash on Twitter. Not really trash, but like about, like, you know, I'm spoiling the best deck kind of like a couple cards at a time. And you know what? Like, it, it was. Like, or it, it might it might still be. Like, it's just really good. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, it's, yeah. I, I guess I can't disagree because <laughs> I built it and, and, I, and I thought it was the best deck at the time. So, <laughs> And I haven't played it enough to be sure now, but I don't think it, that much changed. In fact, I think it's better because its worst matchup was probably Solar Flare. And I think it's actually way better now. Actually, it just hands down stops Solar Flare. Yeah. And like the only reason I say it was a bad matchup against Solar Flare is because it was boring because... It would take like thirty minutes per game, but <laughs> oh no, yeah, that that was rough. But it's funny because like I love this game against decks that play removal spells because you're playing eight creatures, <laughs> like yeah, and two of them are metamorphs that are normally not creatures. You know that are their wormhole engines. Yeah, yeah, or they're they're so, like, creatures. You don't care. <laughs> Yeah, like a Snapcaster Mage, like, go ahead and kill it, I'm still just going to dispatch your guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. And Solemn, you know, the one Solemn in there is like, yeah, I actually want you to kill this, that's why I play this card. <laughs> oh man, I've had so many people acidic fly on that guy. Ugh, that's it's like, bad in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you not realize I have an Moth Nexus in play? Come on, people. Yeah. Well, like, people are afraid of Phyrexia's core. Yeah, they should you be know. in that list, but... <laughs> no, like, I've, I've had people, like, just not, like, oh, for, like, laugh about it. And then they'd go to, like, exile one of my guys, and I'd sack it, gain a life, make two worms, you know? Yeah, no, that's pretty sweet. Um... Oh. The other deck I'm playing a lot, which I still think is really good and super fun, is Bandpod. Um, that list is up on the website. It's updated, um, and it's just super fun. Like, again, it's one of those lists where I never feel like I'm dead, um, like Wally talked about. Um, it definitely has a little bit of a weaker aggro matchup, but I think the new sideboard I'm going to update tomorrow is going to help that and... and Spoiler alert, it's basically four blade splicers. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like that's it's just a super fun deck. You have to play with it a lot to kind of get to know it. But I'm pretty much all in on any deck that plays Elish Norn. Um, because, like, I was playing Foster yesterday with the, you know, we talked about this earlier, was a werewolf deck or whatever. And we got to one point in the game, and he, he like, did this and this, he had, like, a big army, and then I, like, chained up to Elish Norn, and he's like, what happens? And I'm like, you lose. <laughs> All of your guys are dead. All of your guys are dead, and I'm about to bash you for, like, 38 damage. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, uh, that was interesting. So. Um, but that's about it. Um, you know, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of insight and standard of what we're playing. We obviously really like the Esper list. I really like the blue-black control list. I still like Bant Pod a lot. Um, Kessig is just another Valakit deck. 
You know, so if you like Valakut, you can keep on playing it. Yay. Yes, no loses to the same stuff it did before. Yeah, which is what we're playing, so. Come on, catching full pro players. Tokens are a trap. They'll play tokens. Kyle. Yeah. Tokens, I'm not a fan of. The one deck that I'm going to throw out before we go, and then one card, and then I think we're going to wrap it up, is Mike Flores put out a blue-red deck, which actually just seems really cool. Have you, did you see this at all? The man purse? Well, no. that yeah, I think he played it in there. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, but yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. Like the but, Burning Vengeance deck? Yeah, maybe. I, don't even, I haven't seen the full list, actually. But anyway, he played blue-red. He played, like, Grim Lavamancer, Delver of Secrets, like, Brimstone Volleys, um, Incinerate. Like, think twice. What's up? Like, Think Twice and Snapcaster Yeah, Mage. Think Twice, Snapcaster, Mana Leak. It was just, like, this, like, pretty sweet, like, I don't even know, like, aggro control deck, where... Yeah, well, I think it did play the Burning Vengeance, where every time you cast a card from your graveyard, you gain two damage. Yes, 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 yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, so put them on the oh, block okay. with that. Like, that deck's pretty good. The Delver Secret's almost always flipped. Um, he played Juridic Satchel, which seems pretty sweet, um, which is a card that I'm actually playing in blue-black, too. So, um, yeah. And I'm thinking of making it a one-of an expert like an Yeah. So anyway, there was just like so many situations like where I, where I heard him writing about it and talking about it where he was just like, yeah, and, and then I like brainstormed all item for 10. You know, I'm one. And I was like, oh, well, okay. That that seems like a way to win. <laughs> um, and then with Snapcaster Maids, that makes that like highly realistic that that could actually happen. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's just a deck to be on the radar. It looks super fun to play. If you're kind of a blue-red type of player, I think those decks kind of always attract a certain type of player, like Pyromancer Ascension or this or Storm or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny how close this deck feels to Pyromancer Ascension. Yeah. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, Druidic Satchel is another card Mike Flores kind of hyped. Um, I've been playing it a good amount. Um, it's really good, like, especially anytime there's a board stall and you have a satchel and they don't, like, you win every time. Like, I mean, it's, it's another one of those cards that you want to play in a deck where you never tap out. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, because no matter what you flip, you're getting advantage, you know. The worst of wins, like, the worst thing that can happen is you gain two life. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's fine, like, I'll, I'll gain two life is the downside of the card. Yeah. In, in, the, in my deck, it's like, you're pretty much always gaining two life or putting a land into play. Like, both of which are massively effective because, like, against aggro, you're wanting to gain the life. And then against, like, and then ramping is so good for you because of the drown yards. Because, like, all you're trying to do is just mill them out. And so every time you, like, are able to ramp, you know, you just be able to mill them out faster. So... Yeah, it's just a card to keep on your radar. Like, pick them up if you can. I have a lot of them. Wally has a few. We'd be willing to trade you for them. <laughs> well, I, have, I have a lot. Yeah. A, a lot would be the, the proper way to describe the number of those that I have. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, any shout-outs or events coming up at Lake Geneva? I know it's uh, it's game day this weekend, right? 
Yeah, game day is Saturday. Uh, one o'clock and six o'clock is our. We're, we get we have two, so you have the chance to get twice as many promos. Whoa, nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. We uh, we've leveled up in the Wizards Play Network um, based on incredible um, turnouts at our pre-releases and release events. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, our our player base is massive. So it's it's been it's been great. It's been a great couple months since the M12 pre-release. We've we've really picked up steam. It's been awesome. I mean, you can you can get a draft. Like we we don't have uh, sanctioned events normally on Saturdays, but. You know, Trevor, you guys were in there just a couple weeks ago, and I was like, hey, who wants to draft? And we were able to just throw a draft together because there were enough people there waiting to play a game. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, so, and, and we will run a draft and sanction it for you if there's, like, six or more people, and you'll get, like, the same deal. Like, we won't charge you full price for back. It's actually been pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, and really then, cool. you know, you pay, you can pay 15 bucks, and we'll do prizes, too. Like, it's... Pretty good prize support. So there's there's that. That's a big event. Um, and and I've made a, you know, I, I want everybody that that uses playmats. And first of all, you, you should probably be using playmats if you're playing at a store that's not super nice because it'll protect your cards. Um, but check out InkedPlaymats.com. They will put whatever you want on your personal playmat. Um, so like I know I want a giant mana sculpting logo on a playmat. You know, I want to get Dan one with, like, Karn on it. Um, so, like, everybody that I feel deserves a Christmas present be in the Magic Circle plan on getting a playmat, probably with my face on it. Yeah, that looks awesome, actually. I'm definitely going to order one tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one made with my face on it. You know, it'll be available for sale on the website. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I'm definitely getting one of those. <laughs> yeah, my mom will probably be the only one that ordered a face on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about it. I'll be playing this weekend at a local draft and maybe game day that night. Um, and that's about it. Uh, then now, a little, not for a little while. But uh, hopefully we'll be coming at you with some more podcasts, covering standard, covering what we're playing, and uh, and uh, that's it. Anything else? Yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to give away this Innistrad fat pack that's been sitting in my house for like a month. Oh, yeah. What is that? Above 200 followers? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm giving it away on New Year's Eve no matter what, at midnight. Um, but I'm, I will give away a better prize on New Year's Eve at midnight if I hit 200 before then. Okay. So, um, and at 100, I'm going to give away three packs of Innistrad to two of my followers at random. Nice, nice. So, um, you know, hey, what's it going to do? Just make a Twitter and only follow me. Like, I don't care. Nice. All right. I will, uh, I'll, I'll throw in something, too. I don't know what, but I'll throw in, like, uh, some random card, so... I'll you know, I'll add right. to the prize pool. If you get above two hundred, let's say uh before Christmas even, I'll I'll throw in a couple of random cards here or there. You know, maybe All right, you guys I mean it's it's the easiest way to uh see what I'm what I'm talking about on cards. Uh it's essentially like a podcast that happens forty or fifty times a day. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And just just a, one more, you should be following MTG feeds on Twitter. If you want to read about magic, because 
anytime I write an article or Trevor writes an article, it's instantly put on their website. They tweet about it. And, I mean, it's everything. It's LSV stuff. It's Calvin Woods' stuff. It's people that you care about. So. Nice. Nice. MTG feeds. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, Trevor Isham and Wally Bullard from Mana Sculpting. Uh, visit us at the website, manasculpting.com. Uh, and we'll see you guys at Lake Geneva Games. Yep, bye, buddy.